This is the Friday, October 1st edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. We'll get you in and out in less than 10 minutes like we always promise. And Fridays are busy. We'll send you into the weekend with plenty of plays. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian alongside Joe Fortenbaugh on this first day of October. Yo, buddy. This is... uh. It's big. We uh, we missed you on the show yesterday. We debuted the Coors Light Lounge. If you Ooh. didn't get a chance to uh, see how some of that looks, wait until you get to see it on set. The blue lighting really puts you in the mood. Uh, and a gambling mood, not the mood some of these sickos out there might be thinking about. Right, not the mood that, uh, you know... Nightcap numbers, <laughs> but nightcap numbers may put you in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With the saxophone and the scotch. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So big sports weekend going on. Anybody with the survivor entry and uh, teasers escaped last night. So well done with the Bengals in the second half. I am of that grouping. So uh, feeling very fortunate as we head into. I want to get into a play you have for tonight. A little bit of a uh, Friday night lights in the college game. What do you got? Yes, I'll take Maryland plus three and a half. I talked about it on the show yesterday when it was plus three, back up to plus three and a half. So like it even more with the hook. Biggest game for Maryland football in God knows how long. Friday night, under the lights, packed house. This is a good Terrapins team. 4-0 straight up, 3-1 and against the spread. Quarterback by Tua Tungavailoa's younger brother, Talia, who's completing 75% of his passes on the season. Interesting notes for Iowa. Number one. I'm not saying it's a look-ahead spot because Friday night at Maryland, you got to pay attention, but they do have Penn State on deck, and that's a huge game every year on the calendar for head coach Kirk Ferentz. In addition, when you're talking about covering three-and-a-half points on the road, hostile environment, you're going to need some explosive plays on offense, and Iowa's offense has none of that. No explosion whatsoever. I like Maryland plus three-and-a-half. I'm going to have a little bit on the money line as well. Yeah, it could be a really interesting spot here for the Terps. Um, I've mentioned that jokingly. I mean, that's true, but I don't expect to win it. I have two of his brothers to win the Heisman. Yeah. Uh, this could be a big one. This could be a big one. We'll see. I mean, Iowa obviously has looked for real. An emphatic win over Iowa State at, in Ames earlier this season, but this will be a big, uh, big test for the Hawkeyes to go on the road in that environment. Let's look ahead to Saturday. I think the conversation starts with Bama and Ole Miss. It's an afternoon game, so it's not at night at Bryant-Denny, but still. Should be an electric atmosphere. Kiffin and the Rebels coming off a bye. I just trust Ole Miss's offense. I mean, you're looking at a team total around 31 and a half or so. Obviously, Bama's got defensive pedigree with Saban there. But I just think the spread offense, Matt Corral's had a fantastic year. Lane's an offensive wizard. I think we get points out of Ole Miss. Now, I think Alabama's offense is also dynamic. I do think the Rebels cover, but I just feel more comfortable going with the team total over for Ole Miss. I like it, and I hope you get there because I'm playing Ole Miss plus 14 and a half. Two weeks to get ready for this game for Lane Kiffin and the Rebels, and uh, he saw what Florida was able to do to this Alabama defense a couple weeks ago. Now, granted, that was a situation in which Alabama was on the road. They will be home here, but I can't get last year's game out of my mind. And again, that was in Oxford, but Lane Kiffin had just taken over that program. He had minimal time to work with those kids in the spring due to the pandemic, and he hung with Bama. They lost 63-48. They lost by 15 points. All right, this Ole Miss team is better. And I can't say the same about Alabama. Maybe the defense is better, but I don't think the offense is better. So ultimately, the back door is wide open when you're talking about this explosive of an offense and this big of a spread, Ole Miss plus 14 and a half. 
Yeah, I, I think they are definitely better. I'm really gonna kind of into this game. I'm I'm excited because this is a good test for Bama too. We'll learn a lot about yep. them as well. All right, the other big uh, ranked versus ranked matchup in the SEC is Arkansas and Georgia. Any opinions there? First half under is sitting at 25 and a half. I would play that. Uh, you and I have talked about this before. Some of these full game unders get blown up in college football because of all types of nonsense late in games. Wisconsin Notre Dame is a perfect example last week. Under was a deadlock until Graham Mertz threw two pick sixes late in the game. Teams make adjustments at the half. Teams that are down, trailing, obviously open up the playbook a little bit more, take more risk on fourth down. I don't want to deal with the second half. First half, under 25 and a half. Georgia's got the number one defense in the country. 5.7 points per game allowed, 3.1 yards per play allowed. Arkansas has been outstanding at 4-0. They're coming off a huge win against Texas A&M. I wouldn't be surprised if they were a little flat to open this game against Georgia's defense because just about everyone struggles against this defense. Conversely, Arkansas can play a little D as well. 14.5 points per game allowed, and they played some heavy hitters. They played A&M. They played Texas. It hasn't been a cookie-cutter schedule. Under 25-and-a-half in the first half of that matchup between the Bulldogs and the Razorbacks. I'm a little worried with these unders with Georgia just because um, their offense is finally like putting up points, right? In the past, they yeah. were just anemic. And even their O-line had some issues at times, uh, just maybe the few times I've bet on them. But, has, but this team looks special. Uh, I think them and Bam are definitely a cut above everyone else right now. Uh, that's why I don't believe in college football futures with these long shots uh, like Notre Dame or whatever. I just don't see any of them being able to win two games once the playoffs come rolling around. I want to get to sat the rest of Saturday's cards. Look, there's a few games that jump out. The one I've uh, sort of picked up late this week is USC. I This Colorado team's pretty bad. Um, against their three FBS opponents. They're averaging 6.7 points per game and 191 yards of total offense. Those both rank dead last in Not all of college reassuring. football. Not very yeah, reassuring. So I, I think it's tough to play in the altitude in Boulder, and the Rebel, uh, the Trojans have obviously had their issues with firing a coach. and other. But I think I don't see how USC doesn't win by double digits. Obviously, it's possible. But in terms of four full quarters, I have to lay it with USC, seven and a half. Um, that's the one that jumps out to me. My other one is Oklahoma. Look, they haven't played a road game yet. They need to kind of get out of Dodge, reset the clock. And I think K-State's just got issues, obviously, their quarterback injury situation. But I think this is a get-right spot for OU. Um, there's just a lot to like with the Sooners' side. I, I just trust that they're going to figure it out against a K-State team that's pretty limited with you know relegated to backup QBs. This number's trickling up. It's now 11.5 and 12s. Still lay it with the Sooners. Uh, I think OU rolls, and I think USC gets there probably late. You know, that, you know, Colorado hangs around for a little bit, but we get there late. I agree with the USC pick. I think that opened as low at some places as six and a half. It's moved through seven. Uh, Colorado's terrible in the trenches. USC should have USC, excuse me, should have its way. So I agree with that one. I'll throw two more at you. Uh, going back to the well, like last week, Army laying nine at Ball State. Similar situation. You have an incredible Army rushing attack. Second in the country, averaging over 340 yards per game, going up against a team that cannot defend the run. Just like Miami of Ohio last week, Ball State ranks outside the top 100 in the country in opponent yards per rush. What that does is it allows Army to do whatever it wants to do. And remember, the way Army plays, they eat up a ton of clock. They had a 99-yard touchdown drive last week that ate up over 10 minutes. They're averaging over 40 minutes of time of possession per game which is number one in the country. It keeps the defense 
rested. It keeps the defense fresh. So I'll lay the nine with Army at Ball State. I'm also going to play Nevada plus six at Boise. Boise is not the team we remember from three, five, and ten years ago. They're not good on offense. Bachmeyer is a highly inconsistent quarterback. They can't get the running game going. They lack big plays. Everything about that offense left with the departure of the head coach, who Brian Harson, who took over at Auburn. Like they are a mess offensively. And Nevada can play a little bit. And the fact that six is out there, I was hoping to get a little bit higher, but so be it if it won't. I'll take the six. I wouldn't be surprised if the Wolfpack spring the upset. So Nevada plus six in addition to Army minus nine. All right, good stuff. Anything in the NFL? I know we're going to have daily wager tonight and also on Sunday morning, and we encourage everyone to still watch. Is there something that jumps out for you in the NFL, maybe line moves, especially Sunday morning? Yeah, one thing. I like Seattle, and I think if you like them as well and you agree with the assessment, you got to play them now because the three is out there, and I think it's going to go down to two and a half. There's a report out of the Bay Area. Kyle Shanahan was on the radio this morning. George Kittle's banged up. They're not sure if he's going to go. They got a bunch of injuries. It doesn't look like Josh Norman's going to play. The secondary is in shambles. This is a good buy low spot for the Seahawks who have lost two in a row. Russell Wilson's completing 73% of his passes this season. He's averaging over 10 yards per attempt. Number one in the NFL, even more so than Matthew Stafford. They're loaded with big plays. And with his feet, he's able to extend the plays, buy time for the receivers to get open down the field. San Francisco's secondary is in big trouble. Throw in the fact that Seattle has won 12 of the last 14 games in this series. Get the three now because I think it's going to two and a half. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I like that uh, Seattle side a lot. And uh, the full three, obviously, such a difference maker. But um, the number's not going up. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I have a bunch of teasers riding with Cincinnati. I wrote about for ESPN.com's chalk section. I like this Denver side a lot. Uh, it's pick. Baltimore's was the favorite. Went to Denver favorite. Now it's back up at some places. Ravens minus one. I think they're just kind of... It's a lot to ask of Baltimore. Like, you know, obviously, you know, dramatic ending last week in Detroit. You also had the overtime game with uh, the Raiders in the beginning of the year. And then between those was the KC game. So there's just a lot of big games. Denver has played easy opponents. I just trust the Broncos' energy level at this point at home. Bridgewater's throwing down the field more. I think Ravens might hit a wall here. Might hit a wall, even though it's only game four. I, I just think Denver... They may not be world beaters, and they've definitely, you know, they're 3-0 ATS against bad teams, but still, I just think they're fresher than this Ravens team. So, Fascinating game. Fascinating yeah, game, considering what we've seen from both teams. Denver has looked so good, but it's been against Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, and uh, what Trevor Lawrence. This is a big chance here for Denver to make some noise and let people know they are for real this season. Correct, and I wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens won or anything. I just think there's a lot of uh, variables against them. All right, so that's going to do it for us. Uh, plenty of pod content through the weekend. Obviously, Daily Wager, I mentioned, 6 Eastern on ESPN2 tonight. And then on Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern, final weekend of the baseball regular season. A lot of exciting pennant races. Also got some MVP and Cy Young races maybe to be decided this weekend. So busy time of year and a fun time of year. So enjoy your weekend. Best of luck to everyone. 